Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we've got a great show lined up for you today. This segment of the show is brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Uh, You can find out more by visiting lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including William Yateman. Uh, William is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. We've got a number of things to talk about. Uh, Byron Donalds, our uh, congressman-elect, is going to be joining us. I look forward to his comments. Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat? And Dave Bego, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, will be weighing in on union activity as well. It is November the 27th, and on this day in 1095, think of that, it's only 900 and, uh, 925 years ago, Pope Urban II made perhaps the most influential speech of the Middle Ages giving rise to the Crusades by calling all Christians in Europe to war against Muslims in order to reclaim the Holy Land with a cry of God wills it. 1042, Urban was a protege of the great reformer Pope Gregory VII. Like Gregory, made internal reform his main focus, railing against simony, that's the sale of uh, uh, church offices and other clerical abuses prevalent during the Middle Ages. Urban showed himself to be an adept and powerful cleric, and when he was elected Pope in 1088, he applied his statecraft to weakening support for his rivals, notably Clement III. By the end of the 11th century, the Holy Land, the area now commonly referred to as the Middle East, had become a point of conflict for European Christians. Since the 6th century, Christians frequently made pilgrimages to the birth of their religion. But when the Turks took control of Jerusalem, Christians were barred from the Holy City, and when the Turks then threatened to invade the Byzantine Empire and take Constantinople, Byzantine Emperor Alexis I made a special appeal to Urban for help. This was not the first appeal of its kind, but it came at an important time for Urban. Wanting to reinforce the power of his papacy, Urban seized the opportunity to uh, unite Christian Europe under him as he fought to take back the Holy Land from the Turks. At the Council of Clermont in France, at uh, which several hundred clerics and noblemen gathered, Urban delivered a rousing speech summoning rich and poor alike to stop their infighting and embark on righteous war to help their fellow Christians in the East and take back Jerusalem. Urban denigrated the Muslims, exaggerating stories of their anti-Christian acts, and promised absolution and remission of sins for all, all who died in the service of Christ. Think of that. It's just an incredible story. And uh, for that, we, we still have the uh, battles between the Muslims and the Christians going on today. It's just mindless uh, activity that, that goes on. Uh, irrespective, it all goes back to the Middle Ages and back to 1095. It's an amazing thing to me that, uh, uh, that they, what they were doing had nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with the service of Christ. It had everything to do with the politics of the day. It did amazing. Well, a peer-reviewed study analyzing the effectiveness of triple drug cocktail, including hydroxychloroquine in treating uh, COVID-19 patients, found that the treatment was effective and that it significantly reduced hospitalization and mortality rates for those in treatment group. Now, just think about this. 
the president said he thought this would be something. He took it as a preventative measure, and uh, the press poo-pooed it. And now all these months later, they say, hey, this is a pretty good idea. A study found that treated patients were 84% less likely to be hospitalized than untreated ones. Hmm, so interesting. President Trump gave a Thanksgiving address from the Oval Office to the troops Thursday discussing alleged election fraud that occurred in a key swing states, as well as announcing a Saturday rally in Georgia. President Trump expressly expressed his certainty that the 2020 election was rigged against him, and I won by hundreds of thousands of votes, he said. Uh, the president told a reporter when asked that he w- if he would leave office, uh, leave the White House if the Electoral College elected Joe Biden. He says, if the Electoral College does elect Joe Biden, uh, are you going to leave the building? And certainly I will. You know that, President Trump said. Of course, he's obviously uh, uh, for the rule of law. <laughs> he's the, pre- the left is saying, hey, we're going to get the National Guard to come in and take you out. It's just so absurd. Obviously, he would do what the, whatever was decided after his, after his challenges to this corrupt and uh, <laughs> corrupt and uh, false vote that was taken. Trump also announced he's been holding a rally in Georgia on Saturday night. I'm going to be with Saturday night. I'm going to be at the Georgia. We're going to have a tremendous crowd, he said. He hasn't decided where to hold it, but it'll probably be near an airport, as he usually does. And I will bet thousands and thousands will show up for the rally, and many won't be able to get in. But uh, I think that's pretty interesting news. I think it'll have a big impact. By the way, uh, Biden, Joe Biden gave a Thanksgiving address on Wednesday when he, an allegedly devout Catholic, appeared to not know how to pronounce one of the most famous books in the Bible. Paul, uh, Biden said, and if you do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the uh, palmist, that's where the P, uh, the palmist, who wrote the, these words, the Lord is my strength and my shield, etc. Well, Biden was quoting Psalms 28.7 in his prepared marks to show that Biden was in fact quoting the book of Psalms. He referenced the uh, psalmist, the P, and the palms is silent. <laughs> so, Joe Biden, another gaffe on Joe Biden's part, poor Joe. Uh, in any event, White House uh, Trade Advisor Peter Navarro said Wednesday, we need to act now on coronavirus stimulus legislation. While speaking to reporters on Wednesday, he called on lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to put aside their differences to pass a stimulus package. The administration has done a very good job up to this point, he stated, but now now we're facing, however, a chasm ahead for millions of Americans unless uh, there can be a bipartisan come-to-an-agreement moment on these core elements. I think he's absolutely right about that. I'm really concerned about small businesses. Big businesses can make it through. They've got the strength to be able to make it through all kinds of nonsense. It's the little guy that's really going to get hammered here unless Congress, Nancy Pelosi, crazy Nancy, as uh, President Trump likes to call her. Uh, you know, what? Yeah, by the way, Navarro said despite the stalemate, Congress needs to focus on three major components, the Paycheck Protection Program, relief checks, and unemployment compensation which, by the way, runs out uh, the day after Christmas, so something needs to be done. He uh, also said he anticipates a second term for President Trump, as we do as well. The Supreme Court late Wednesday struck down the New York uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo's new COVID-19 restrictions on religious gatherings. as New Justice Amy Coney Barrett cast one of her first high-impact votes, and Chief Justice Roberts sided in dissent with the court's liberal block. 
In any event, uh, Cuomo said, hey, this is no big deal. This is a non-event, he basically said. But it is significant. Uh, the Supreme Court 5-4 to four vote to bar New York from enforcing certain limits on attendance at churches and synagogues in areas that have been hit hard by COVID-19 marked a major step for people and entities challenging such restrictions. That, according to George Washington University law professor Jonathan Turley, it's a fascinating case, he said. I agree with him, and this may be the first step in perhaps getting rid of some of these mask mandates. And you know, you have to be home by ten o'clock at night. Restaurants have to close, and all this nonsense—it's just crazy. I like one of the. Here's a uh, a quote from. Let's see, who was it? When he has, it's it is past time to make plain that while pandemic poses many grave challenges, there's no world in which the Constitution tolerates color-coded executive edicts that reopen liquor stores and bike shops, but shutter churches, synagogues, and mosques. That according to Gorsuch. Well done, Gorsuch. In any event, uh, it's great that uh, they're addressing some of these issues. The the mandates that are being made right now are ridiculous and, in my opinion, unconstitutional. More than two-thirds of the nation say it's fair for President Donald Trump to ask for a recount in key states, according to a Newsmax McLaughlin Associates poll. 67% 67% of likely voters backed Trump's recount, uh, where the votes margins in his race with Joe Biden were 1% or closer, which applies to states like Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Despite the close contest, 65% of Americans say the election will ultimately be decided honestly, but a fully uh, a third of voters, 35%, said there was a significant fraud. So uh, for all those that might be concerned that the president quote-unquote, elect Biden is waiting in the wings and impatient and people are beginning to get frustrated and annoyed with all this. That's just not true. The polls suggest that right now. Well, we haven't talked much in this segment about what's going on, but a lot has happened uh, since our last show. Sidney Powell filed lawsuits Wednesday challenging the results of presidential vote in Georgia and Michigan, alleged uh, alleging ballot stuffing, which he alleges was amplified and rendered virtually invisible by computer software created and run by domestic and foreign actors. An amazing story. She also made similar claims last week at a press conference with President Donald Trump's legal team, who was attacked by critics who claimed that she could not prove what she's alleged. Well, now we're going to be able to find out, aren't we? The legal team distanced themselves from her on Sunday, saying, her claims had gone beyond the evidence that had seen or could prove in court. I don't believe that for a second. What What's happening here is she's taking the long-term view of, of uh, supporting us and making sure that these atrocities do not occur in the future. She's certainly going to be supporting the effort to exonerate Donald Trump and re-elect Donald Trump, rightfully. But she's also working to get rid of all the fraud, corruption, and the criminal activity that led to the consequences we have right now. God bless Sidney Powell. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Find out more by visiting lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman. He is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center, Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York style theater at its very best. And you get tickets right now. Also, find out about the new performing arts center that's being built in downtown Naples. Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Con- Donalds. He's our congressman elect here in our district. Right now, we have with us. William Yateman, he is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. And I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Oh, indeed I did, and I hope you as well. We did indeed. So uh, the Cato Institute, tell us about it. You bet. Uh, we're a think tank here in Washington, D.C., and we're dedicated to advancing the ideals of a free society at every level of government. Cato.org is the website, C-A-T-O.org. I encourage you to visit the website, too. So um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are going on. For, finally, we've got a full pardon. In fact, he didn't say that he's uh, given him his pardon. He's also said he's innocent. Uh, President Trump has pardoned now uh, uh, Michael Flynn. I'm a little disappointed, though, that, that this wasn't resolved legally. What are your thoughts? You capture my disappointment as well. I mean, on the one hand, I, of course I welcome this. Um, we've spoken many, many Fridays about Michael Flynn and, and his plight. Um, on the other hand, I, I do bemoan the fact that uh, Judge Emmett Sullivan hadn't done this months ago. Yeah. I mean, the, the, this fact that we had this federal judge who was effectively prosecuting a case against an American citizen 
Um, it, it really is outrageous, and, and it's too bad that sort of a, a lesson gleaned from much of the media and from many progressives and smart progressives as well is that this was another instance of Trump's cronyism when, in fact, um, the real scandal is, is what Flynn had to endure. Yeah, no question about it. It's so, so, so uh, disheartening to see that uh, you, know, you count on the blind uh, scales of justice and to see that politics plays a role with some uh, judicial activists, and that certainly is the case with Emmett Sullivan. So any, in any event, the case is over. He's now been exonerated. He's been pardoned. And uh, I, it makes me wonder if perhaps he won't be serving when President Trump has his second term, if he'll be serving in his cabinet. Pretend, I mean, you know, I, I don't rule out any prospect. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about this case. This New York uh, Cuomo's uh, uh, got slapped down by the Supreme Court on his denial of allowing people to attend religious services in synagogues and churches. What are your thoughts? I think it was a great day for justice. Um, it was a, a sort of akin to a Trump's pardon, a plan, if you will. Um, and this was a decision in Roman Catholic Diocese v. Cuomo, and it was an order issued just before uh, midnight on Wednesday. But uh, as, as, you, as you said, it, it effectively slaps down this uh, executive order from Governor Cuomo, uh, Cuomo New York Governor Cuomo, um, that it had imposed restrictions on religious services. And the, the big killer, legally speaking, for Cuomo's executive order was how it treated businesses, certain businesses, quote-unquote essential businesses, uh, less stringently than it did you know, uh, uh, Catholic houses of worship and, and, and synagogues. Um, in particular, uh, acu- acupuncturists, um, liquor stores, yeah. bicycle shops, these were all among the quote-unquote, essential businesses that, again, were uh, treated with a more lenient hand than were um, the churches and synagogues. And the court, by a 5-4 majority, um, took issue with that, and, and under constitutional under First Amendment, the Free Exercise Clause um, uh, effectively struck down. In, in legalese, he, uh, they uh, stayed, they paused the rule while the wheels of justice you know, uh, operate with the case. But yeah. You know, for all intents and purposes, they'd be the court struck down the rule. Yeah, I'm so pleased with the ruling because I think it's a, a an important first step in perhaps starting to rein in some of these governors and uh, elected officials that are making onerous rules about the behavior of human beings. I mean, you know, I, I I look at the human behavior kind of like the pricing market. Uh, Van Mises came up with the whole notion that. Uh, uh, there is no single source that can determine the intelligence of the market except for individual and chaotic uh, interaction among uh, buyers and sellers. Same thing with people in their health. I mean, they, they you know, you can stay away from people that are <laughs> careless. And you, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me that we have uh, government, government stepping in making these onerous rules. Here, here, uh, this notion that people are too stupid to take care of their own well-being and indeed look out for their own mortality. Um, is beyond the pale. And I'll note this, uh, what you said is exactly right. This is heartening. And I've, I wrote down the quote here, um, and I, I, this resonated with me. Um, Even in a pandemic, the Constitution cannot be put away and forgotten. Yeah. So here, here, even in a pandemic, our Constitution still applies. Absolutely. Well, again, an important first step, and I'm happy it started with religious uh, liberty. So uh, finally, the final thing I want to talk to you about, William, is the separation of Sidney Powell's efforts from the uh, Giuliani and the others that are 
working to uh, overturn the, the illegal, fraudulent ballots that were cast in, in these uh, 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 states like Michigan and uh, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and uh, Georgia. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, I'll say this. I was a huge fan of Sidney Powell's work. She was the very capable counsel for Michael Flynn, and we've discussed her work in that case many, many Fridays. Um, This one, as with last Friday, I'm not sold here. I mean, and and she, she issued a couple problematic... The briefs that she issued or, or submitted yesterday in both Georgia and Michigan to uh, um, stop any certification and effectively overturn um, the results of the election, um, or, you know, regardless of uh, uh, regardless of, of what went into the results, but you know, mm-hmm. to effectively overturn the, the, the results in Georgia and uh, Michigan. But the, the briefs, she made some very strong accusations. Mm-hmm. But there were also many typographical errors and spelling errors and misidentifying certain witnesses um, that lend some doubt, I guess, upon first read mm. um, about the claims and, and, and do worry me. Um, so I'm not impugning Sidney Powell. Again, I've, I've sung her praises on many Fridays, um, but I do, I'm, I'm not quite sold on the arguments that she's put forth for the court. That's so interesting. I mean, that, that's important. A consideration is misspellings and making misinformation in any, any kind of a court brief like that. I will defend her in this sense that all this has come together so quickly that uh, I'm sure that she, her, she and her, her staff was working very hard to try and uh, turn this out, but irrespective, that, that that is not acceptable. She should have her ducks in a row. My view on this is that she separated herself because her focus is not, is certainly it would include exonerating President Trump for serving a second term, because of the election fraud, but I think it has more to do with the criminality around this. She wants to get to the actors, the people that are responsible for this. She wants to clean up our election process so it won't happen again in the future. Well, that's a noble purpose, and and that is certainly... Um, look, again, I've, I've, had, I've harbored a great deal of respect for Sidney Powell's work in the Flynn case and, and for the book she's written and for her work as a federal prosecutor. Um, in this particular instance, um, regardless of her motives, no matter how pristine and good, I do worry about the technique. Mm. Um, and in particular, you know, these there were some issues with the briefs that she issued yesterday. Yeah, well, I really appreciate the, those comments. Again, William Yateman, research fellow at the Cato Institute. He's a constitutional scholar, a legal scholar. We're just so grateful to have your input. William, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds. He's our... Uh, uh, Congressman-elect here in our district. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show, the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable, memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore, Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit golfshoreplayhouse.org. That's golfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And that's just one of the initiatives you can find out more about visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have with us our congressman-elect, Byron Donalds. Thank you so much for joining us, Byron. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Great. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I had some great pictures on Facebook we saw of you and your family, so uh, looks like you had a good time. Uh, we did. Very relaxing. And uh, before we even continue, Bob, if I lose you, if we, if we get disconnected, it's because I'm in the hills of North Carolina right now, driving back to Naples. Well, we'll look forward to help you have safe journeys in the meantime. Uh, you know, we had an per- important decision uh, uh, Cuomo, Governor Cuomo kind of blew it off and said it was irrelevant, but it had to do with, uh, you know, the face masks and uh, attending church and synagogues. What are your thoughts? First of all, Andrew Cuomo is a moron. That's my first thought. <laughs> uh, here you have somebody who has decided throughout this entire pandemic uh, that his word is the law. Um, he's the same person that put COVID positive patients in nursing homes yeah. in the state of New York back in March and April, which led to thousands of deaths. And he had this he has this color coded scheme where depending on where your church or synagogue is located, it would determine whether you had 10 people that were allowed to go to church, 25 people that were allowed to go to church, or you could operate at 20 percent capacity or 50 percent capacity. 
And so two churches sued in, in federal court. It went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled right, rightly on a 5-4 decision that it's unconstitutional to place some, some color-coded scheme on churches when the governor at the same time in those same zones is allowing businesses he deems to be essential to operate you know, without any restrictions. Like massage so it's, it's a very simple, straightforward case. Yeah. No, I'm so pleased. Although five to four, it's just, it's so un- uh, disheartening to see uh, our Chief Justice Roberts voting in dissent about this. And it, it was kind of a saying, hey, it's kind of a moot point, he said. But golly, he could step up, I think. John Roberts is weak because yeah. he's, big, he's busy playing politics to the left. Yeah. Here's what he, he actually said. <clears throat> He said that because Cuomo changed his, his mind on the color coding scheme, because Cuomo knew he was going to lose at the Supreme Court, well, under this version of the Supreme Court, he knew he was going to lose. Yeah. Cuomo decided that, oh, it's okay, I'm going to let the churches meet at 50% capacity. And so Roberts, in his dissent, was basically saying, well, because Cuomo changed his mind, there's no reason for a legal remedy. But that's not true. Yeah. The governor came out with an order, which is unconstitutional. And when the Constitution is in the balance, the Supreme Court has a responsibility to decide constitutionality, right. not waver and buckle because a governor who basically changed his mind because the governor looked, put his thumb in the air and realized that if this court actually got this, this case actually got to the court, he was going to lose yeah. and it was going to invalidate some of his authority. But his authority should have been invalidated. So I'm just really thankful that there are five justices now in the Supreme Court and we can thank President Trump for that that actually uphold the rule of law and the Constitution and weren't basically playing politics, which is what John Roberts, he didn't just do it in this case. That's what John Roberts has been doing on the court for many years now. And frankly, it's disgusting. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So let's move to what's happening with uh, regard to uh, President Trump's challenge to the illegal, to the corrupt election results. What are your thoughts? I think the president should continue to push forward. You know, what we've seen, you know, I, I caught a little bit of these Pennsylvania hearings that the Pennsylvania legislature was holding. Yeah. Uh, caught a little bit of that uh, the other day. If you're paying attention and actually not getting caught up with the media hype about just conceding and the race is over, what you're seeing is that there are irregularities in many of us, in many of these uh, states that have occurred. You know, in Pennsylvania, in Michigan, you had observers that were not allowed to be, be close by. In Georgia, you had a situation where observers were not allowed to be close by. You also have a situation where a supervisor of elections in one of those counties uh, basically said, we're not counting votes, sent everybody home, then they went back in to count more votes. Right. And that's a, that's a serious problem. And so I think the president should continue to push forward. Uh, I think that's the appropriate thing to do. And I think the president, at the same time, is also respecting a potential transition of power by allowing the GSA to begin transition protocols uh, with, with Joe Biden's team. But I think the president should continue to push forward. Uh, he should exhaust all his legal options. I think the one thing that people got to remember and get away from what CNN and, and Fox and MSNBC are putting up with the Electoral College of uh, ticker, if you will, is that in these states, in Michigan and Arizona, definitely in Georgia and Michigan, uh, these, are, these results are razor thin. Uh, Pennsylvania is probably around 65,000 votes right now. And so you're not talking about a big percentage of the population. No. You're talking about a, these are narrow margins in several states that right now lean Joe Biden. So the president should continue to push forward his legal through the legal process and let's see what that what that bears. And we also have to remember the Electoral College still doesn't meet for another two weeks. And so there's still time to to go through the legal process 
And if they can prove in court that there are reasons why either there are some votes that shouldn't be counted, frankly, to make sure that only the legally authorized votes should be counted, then that's the process we should continue. The president should push forward with that. Absolutely agree with that. And uh, it looks like uh, my opinion is that uh, he's got a legal team you know, led by Giuliani and uh, Jenna, uh, and uh, they're working hard for this. But there's also other groups, too, like the, the Thomas More Society apparently is a, a, a judicially active and they're uh, raising this issue, about 200,000 votes in Georgia. And then, of course, uh, we have Sidney Powell and what she's doing in order to, and I, I see her role as this is something that go way beyond the, the time of the election of the Electoral College. I believe she's trying to clean up our election process so these, this doesn't happen again. Well, listen, we got real issues in a lot of these states. I mean, Bob, I think right now in 2020, we're very fortunate to, to live in the state of Florida. Florida actually has it right. Our laws make sense. Um, we have voter ID laws. We don't allow you to harvest absentee ballots, uh, which is actually what happened in Georgia. Let me speak specifically to Georgia. Mm. What happened in Georgia is that Stacey Abrams and these third party groups literally were going door to door, sending text messages, contacting people through all means of communication to actually to, to press them to get an absentee ballot. And we're actually helping people fill out the application to request a ballot. And in some cases, we're sending the requests into the supervisor of elections. So you have these outside groups who are actually fostering uh, more absentee ballot uh, requests than people would normally do on their own. That's number one. Mm -hmm. Then number two, they had a whole operation that actually went about harvesting the ballots, making sure they got collected and making sure they got to the supervisor of elections office. This is one of the things that was happening in Georgia. Uh, we changed the law in Florida so that you couldn't do that. Because if somebody's going to cast a ballot, they have to actually do it of their own volition. They have to actually make an affirmative decision to go and vote, not be triggered by some outside third party group that's funded by who knows what to make sure that you juice the vote in this particular state. And so, you know, my colleagues, my Republican colleagues uh, in the state of Georgia and Pennsylvania, they have work to do because this is stuff that these are the reforms that, that Florida has done that they need to follow. If we're going to have a clean and fair election where, you know, the, the left loves talking about dark money. Well, frankly, you have these dark money groups who are literally operating in the shadows to just drive turnout in elections more than people would normally do by themselves. Yeah. Now, so well said, Byron. Well, you know, we'll just hope for the best here because it's going to be in the hands of a, of a judicial and it's in, in, in terms of uh, the courts. So I hope they all make good decisions and consider the evidence. The evidence is so overwhelming, quite frankly. And this whole, this case that uh, Sidney Powell brings, even in, in the face of evidence, I wonder if they say this is so overwhelming, we just can't deal with it. I hope I hope uh, justice prevails. So uh, before I let you go, uh, what are your plans here? And then I say you're going through this transition process yourself. Uh, going through transition, uh, we have a, another week in, of orientation in, in Washington. Um, I'm not quite sure why Nancy Pelosi strings this out, but again, this is the federal government and Democrats, so they're not the most efficient people in the world. Uh, but, you know, past that, I mean, the biggest thing is um, it's spending some time in the state of Georgia trying to make sure that we win these Senate races. These Senate races in Georgia, Bob, are critical to the Republic going forward. Yeah. Um, and so we have, if we, you know, for Republicans, uh, the listeners of Southwest Florida, if you haven't donated to, to Senator Purdue or Senator Loeffler, please go on their websites and donate to them. Um, I'm going to spend some time in Georgia campaigning for them. Personally, it's all hands on deck in the state of Georgia. It, in all honesty, truly, the republic is on the line because 
if we lose these Senate races in Georgia, they will pack the court. They will move heaven and earth to try to undo the Electoral College, although I don't think they'll be successful in that regard. And they're going to push these radical voter voting changes across the country using the power of the federal government and a federal purse to coerce not just state legislatures, but also to coerce supervisor of elections to relax their voting standards, which is only going to make it worse for the country, not to mention them trying to make D.C. and Puerto Rico a state. Yeah. Uh, which I mean, so these are major issues that are in front of us as a republic. We have to win in Georgia. It's all hands on deck. All hands on deck. Byron Donalds, again, our representative elect for the state or for our district here in uh, U.S. Congress. Genuinely appreciate your commentary. Hope you have safe journeys, Byron. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Byron. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Sharon Kenny. She's the author of Where Should We Eat? We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine prior to knee surgery and you can too call the institute for orthopedic surgery and sports medicine they will thoroughly evaluate your condition provide personalized state-of-the-art treatment and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle at the institute for orthopedic surgery and sports medicine your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery for an initial consultation call the institute for orthopedic surgery and sports medicine located off tammy amy trail in bonita springs at 482-5399 that's 482 you listen to the Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business, business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can get tickets now just visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. Right now we have Sharon Kenny. She also wrote a book. It's called Where Should We Eat? It's a terrific uh, handbook for deciding where to eat based on the occasion, whether it's casual, romantic. Uh, she also writes commentary on travel, dining, and entertainment. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Do we have a name for the day after Thanksgiving? Could we say happy post-Thanksgiving? Well, you know what I think? it's Isn't it Black Friday? 
it is definitely for sh- for shopping. You bet. Yeah, but it, it is a, it's a day of recovery for some folks. I must say, how did you enjoy Thanksgiving? Oh, we were very lucky this year. We um, we had a, a very large Thanksgiving party that we were invited to, which we passed because of COVID and all of the co- the concerns this year. And we decided to just have a very small Thanksgiving, my husband and I together, at Continental Restaurant, mm. which amazing dinner, just terrific. I must say one of the, probably the best Thanksgiving dinner we've ever had in terms of the amount of uh, the food uh, that was created, the, the, the dishes were delicious. Um, it was just perfect. Beautiful day after, outside around 2 in the afternoon. Beautiful afternoon. Perfect. How about you? Well, we went to M Waterfront Grill. Had a wonderful time. We had a table just next to the, right by the window, looking out over the water, which is such a spectacular view. And uh, we had the traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Linda and I are both uh, vegans. We'll kind of... Uh, pescatarians, I must say, but irrespective, we just kind of broke training and uh, had a full Thanksgiving dinner, and it was fabulous. It did just a great job. Every co- replete with the cranberries and yeah, everything. It was just really nice. And uh, you know, I happen to like dark meat. I, I made a request for dark meat for turkey, and they accommodated me, so it was really wonderful. Yeah, I agree. We had just the the most wonderful Thanksgiving dinner, and I think perhaps that we um, didn't know what to expect this year, and uh, so it was a great blessing. Absolutely, to be indeed. out and about and have a wonderful dinner. Now, Andy, this is kind of an important season here in the Naples area, in the Paradise Coast. We got some big events coming up. Well, this is probably, I think, one of the most fun times of the year to be in Naples because we have uh, already in progress the Festival of Lights. On 3rd Street started this week. It always starts the first, um, the Monday of Thanksgiving week. And it is, uh, they didn't have the big uh, festival where they closed the street and everything. They wanted to minimize the number of people coming down, but the events are still happening every day this week. Uh, well, what what's left is Friday and Saturday. Um, but there's entertainment all the way along down 5th Street, I mean down 3rd Street, also all of the the restaurants and the uh, shops are decorated with lights, and mm. they've really gone all out with decorations this year. And there will be music tonight and tomorrow night, and there will be snow at 7 p.m. on uh, on 3rd Street. And if you've never been, yeah. I know it sounds corny, snow machines and all that, but it is magical. It, it, it is it really, truly magical. It is really magical. I you know, have you? It's just uh, you. You you walk down the street, you see this white stuff coming out of the out of the sky, and just <laughs> it it happening in Naples, Florida. It's just unbelievable. So, it's, but it, it is an incredible experience. And speaking of which, you know, we've seen the destruction now of this shops on Third. I guess it was called. I'm not sure what it was called, but getting oh, ready Plaza to, on Third, yes, Plaza on Third, uh, getting ready to to build this new hotel. Well, let's hope. Um, we're just delighted, those of us who live in the neighborhood, we're delighted to see the hulk of what was left of the plaza on 3rd finally be torn down after about 10 years, I think, of it sitting empty. Yeah. And uh, being an eyesore and also a, a hazard, you know, the um, underground parking lot was flooded many times, yeah. and uh, it's just a, a big hulking space. And so the, the intent, I know, is to build a hotel there. Hopefully that will happen in our lifetime, Bob. Yeah, so you sound a little hesitant. Are, are, is there still family Skeptical. feud going on? Skeptical that anything is happening soon. 
Ah, interesting. Yeah, because I know the city council approved uh, a uh, a plan for a hotel there, a boutique hotel. They did, but you know, this has been a real. The COVID has been a real uh, problem for all of those kind of plans, and I think that uh, a lot of places have uh, lost funding or whatever. People have decided to put things on hold, so. I think we have to, we'll see what happens. I think the fact that they've torn it down, that was, uh, that was I think, forced upon them uh, because of the dangerous situation that uh, building was, because it was completely empty. Uh, I don't think it portends that any kind of construction is imminent, unfortunately. The destruction does not necessarily mean construction. <laughs> All right. Well, you heard it here. This is news to me, so I appreciate you sharing that with us. I'm sure there's a backstory. Well, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> but to, on a lighter note, and on a happier note, two things I want to do, do, I do want to mention to you. Uh, I've talked about this before, and if you've missed out on it, you should definitely take part in the 100-layer lasagna night at Barbatella on Friday, December 4th. They're bringing it back. Wow. Hundred layers. layers on it. It was tremendous. They've done it a couple of times, and I know they were sold out both times. You have to make reservations. But they're bringing it back Friday, December 4, 100-layer lasagna. It is delicious. And then the same night, actually all weekend, December 4 and December 5th, Christmas on 5th is happening. And they are closing off 5th Avenue. They'll be having music. They have a live nativity scene. They're going to put a skating rink somehow on 5th Avenue. I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. But they're going to have also a selection of vintage cars all the way along the street and uh, the Christmas tree, of course, in front of uh, the theater and live music throughout and uh, all sorts of entertainment and stuff for kids, you know, like face painting and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be two days, Friday and Saturday. The street will be closed. So when does it begin? On what time on December Friday? December 4th and December 5th. And so uh, that's a, fr- it's a, a Saturday and a Sunday. Probably starts at uh, 5 o'clock or something like that on, on Friday? Uh, yeah, probably it starts. And I, I'm not sure if it starts Friday night or if it starts Saturday morning. I've got you. Okay. Because important information because also when the cl- streets are closed, it gets kind of complicated. <laughs> It does. So yeah, look forward to that. Oh, so it is the it is the Friday and the Saturday. So sorry, yeah, Friday probably starts around Fifth Avenue. I mean, on Fifth Fifth Avenue around five o'clock, they'll yeah. probably close the street and have everything started, and then maybe Sunday morning they'll open it up. So it's uh, Friday night and all day Saturday. Yeah, we're pretty fortunate to have all these great things happening here on the Paradise Coast, irrespective of the COVID situation. So, uh, and you don't have to wear a parka and boots. No, you don't, Sharon. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary. Thanks for joining us. Great to talk to you, Bob. You as well. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you 
have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. A little shout out to Lulabee's Diner. I want to really promote them because they're going through some construction there at the Green Tree Shopping Center. But they serve great breakfast and lunch and great support for the community. So again, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Dave Bigo. He's the author of The Devil at Her Doorstep. It's about the travails of dealing with union bosses from SEIU over the course of two and a half years. Now, Dave prevailed, but the amount of dirty tricks and the things that uh, his customers, his employees, families, I mean, what they did in order to try to get him signed a neutrality agreement is just absolutely unbelievable. Kind of reminds me of what's happening with the Democrat Party. So he wrote a book about it. It's called The Devil at Our Doorstep. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Bob. I appreciate it, and I hope all you and your listeners had a great Thanksgiving day. Uh, Well, thank you so much. We certainly did, and uh, I understand you're celebrating Thanksgiving today. Yeah, because, Bob, my mom, yesterday was the 30th anniversary of her death on Thanksgiving Day. She was 59 years old. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Yeah, man, it was was sad, and uh, she was a good lady, and I really loved her and, and that, and even our kid grandkids are but and and I'm going to say this because I hope people will stop doing this, but uh, she had a massive stroke that day because she smoked cigarettes all her life, about three packs a day, yeah. and that's what got her. Yeah. And cigarettes just aren't good for you. No, they aren't. Well, uh, th- uh, anyhow, I hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving today. So uh, but we haven't really had a chance to talk about what's going on and, and, and uh, what's on your mind right now. So, uh, I mean, everything from the elections to union activity, what are you thinking about? Well, I, I got to tell you this first. I got a, uh, I got a friend. He's, um, I don't know, he's about 81 or 82 years old, and he, he plays in a golf group with us here in Indiana. And he sent me, you know, about this COVID thing, um, he sent me a, an email Friday or Tuesday, excuse me. And um, I, I got to read this to you real quick because it only takes a couple of seconds. He sure. says, it says, we must get this message out to the Center for Disease Control and all the labs. Number one, the vaccine should be tested on all politicians first. Two, if they survive, the vaccine is safe. Three, if they don't, the country is safe. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I saw that as well, but it's absolutely, <laughs> it just, uh, you know, uh, you know, you see what's coming out of Washington, D.C. Right now, Nancy Pelosi needs to step up. We've got our economy, which is really weakening. You can see kind of the, 
the stability of it kind of shaking. We need to get one more stimulus package going. And she's just so uncooperative and so obstructive. And it's just unbelievable. She is. And, uh, you know, Bob, we need to, and I've probably mentioned this on your show, and I've talked to many people and I made speeches about this, that uh, we really need to get to term limits uh, because people need to go to Washington and do their a job for a couple of terms and go back and work in the free market society. And that's what, that would help this country so much. Well, I'll tell you what, what I see. And I, I, I can't have to say, I think the, the spirit behind term limits makes a lot of sense, but a couple of comments on that. What I see is typically the good ones only work, stay for a couple of terms. The bad ones stay forever. <laughs> well, that's right. Because they don't know how to, they do not know how to work and, uh, be successful in the free market. They don't want to work that hard. Yeah. And um, I even had a guy here in Indiana many years ago, um, uh, four, five, six years ago, um, that, um, you know, I, I had breakfast with him and I was telling him that, uh, you know, um, and he was a senator. And uh, I told him that, uh, you know, we need to have term limits. And he says, no, Dave, we can't do that. And, um, I go, why? He says, well, I don't know what I'd do in the free market. And I looked at him. I said, you've got a, de- you've got a law degree. You could be an attorney. And this is a problem with a lot of them. They don't want to work that hard. Oh, that's exactly right. The other problem, though, of course, is that you have this institutionalized bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. You get somebody coming in new all the time. Who takes over? But it's the bureaucrats. They tell these congressmen what to do. So there's, a, there's a, another side of this whole thing, too. Uh, what would be great, uh, we just elected Byron Donalds. We just had him on the show. He's a terrific, smart, intelligent. He's the kind of guy that's going to end up being on TV at all these news outlets and media outlets because he's so smart and so well-spoken. Uh, you know, I actually hope he stays, you know, for 30 years, for crying out loud. He'd be, he'd be have a tremendous impact up there. Well. Yeah. I uh, I hope he helps a lot because we need to uh, turn this thing around. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I truly believe that uh, there was so much fraud in this election. It's unbelievable. And yep. I've got to tell you this, too. And, and this deals with the unions and this voting fraud. Um, uh, you know who Wayne Root is, don't you? Of course. Yeah. I know him very well. And, you know, he's got a new book coming out. And I was talking to him about that. And I said, Wayne, what can you do in Las Vegas to get um these votes turned around and, and get um trump to win nevada and he, he says dave i can't he says because of the unions here you know in the um huh. hotels and e- even other things and that i said yeah wayne that's the sciu the union i beat and because uh, they are huge there in fact yeah. i wrote a blog, a blog on them several years ago um back when who was the senator from there um well, uh, what's his name? I've, the guy with the patch on his eye for a while there. What was his name? No, no, the, the, the older guy that uh, lost the last term. Or, um, I forgot. He he, but anyway, um, or he retired. Um, but um, um, when he was elected back in, I think, uh, oh, I, I forget, Bob. Maybe it was 2016 that. But uh, one of, one of um, the ladies out there that um, had heard me talk on radio and stuff like that it, it called me and said, Dave, I want you to know the SEIU, uh, a bunch of us are illegals, and uh, we, they got us jobs here in Las Vegas. And on Election Day, 
um, they all came and got us in a big school bus and they had several of these school buses and they took them to a poll where uh, SEIU people also ran the polling places. Yeah. And uh, th- even though we were legal, they went in and they made us vote for the senator, Democratic senator out there. Doesn't surprise me in the least, Dave, and it's just so disappointing. And it just uh, this work that City Pal is working. I mean, I hope that that she's uh, actually has good cases. I hope she uh, wins. She has to have an impact. First of all, there should be criminal convictions for for what people have done. They have committed tremendous criminal. They've uh, tremendous crime, and they should be uh, you know walking around in red jumps, uh, orange jumpsuits in jail for what they've done. So I hope Sidney Powell is successful, but the other outcome we need is just to clean up the election process so this can't happen again. Well, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, and, and it's great the things that I think Trump has done. And, uh, you know, some of the um, um, things like he did getting Amy Coney Barrett into the Supreme Court, that just came out great with the Supreme Court uh, yeah. knocking down uh, Como's uh, laws that uh, you know you can't go to church or you're restricted to so few people that it's, you, you know really the uh, the churches and that people can't uh, really um, uh, you know stay with their religion in that and uh, it, it was great for her to do that and uh, um, you know he's done some great things in this area and it's great that uh, they're protecting religious freedom yeah uh, so, do you think uh, President uh, Trump will prevail and uh, serve a second term? I don't know. I hope so. You know, it's kind of hard to say, um, hear exactly what he's up to now and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I hope that um, I hope that he does, and I hope they can overturn some of these things. And uh, I, um, you know, that's why I talk to people like Wayne Root and, and other people, and and try to get them to uh, help him in in these. Battleground straits, and I'm trying to be honest with you to try and get some people in Georgia to to help him out, help yeah, those two senators out. Yeah, of too. course he's going to show up in uh, in Georgia on Saturday. I suspect he'll probably be near an airport and have another one of his rallies. I bet you thousands and thousands of people show up. I mean, right now uh, Joe Biden can't draw flies, never mind a crowd. So, I mean, to to me, when you see all the enthusiasm and support for President Trump. I think uh, people want this process. They want to see uh, the results, uh, fair results. Now, if, if in fact Biden actually wins, and I suspect that's impossible once this thing is rectified, so be it. But let's have a, a fair count of the votes of the people that should be voting and not those that uh, should not. Well, yeah, and, you know, one more thing on these voting. Um, I, I, I know a guy out in Arizona that's involved with the uh, Arizona Freedom Alliance, and I get their newsletters all the time, and uh, I got one this morning that said that um, um, they had, and this this guy was actually in the Trump campaign for a while, but they've uh, been investigating a lot, a lot of these votes, and and in Georgia and um, in other places, and they've seen these votes that have uh, their addresses or post their post office addresses. Yeah, and 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 and. As you go down how they're out, they say, this is my home address. Yeah. And um, shopping know, centers, my- all kinds of things. It's just uh, unbelievable. There's so much atrocity in this entire election. Dave, you know, I really appreciate your commentary here in the show. We just uh, winding up this segment of the show, but I want to 
let our listeners know, uh, The Devil at Our Doorstep, you can find out more about Dave's book, thedevilatourdoorstep.com. Also, on my website, you get a nice copy of the book on a, on a nice discount. And, of course, all book purveyors across the United States. Again, The Devil at Our Doorstep, a great read. Dave, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you have a great Thanksgiving dinner. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and hope you have a, a great weekend. You as well. Thank you, Dave. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Always appreciate your comments. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you'd like to get the newsletter I send out after each show, again, bobharden at hotmail.com. We've got great guests for the Monday show, including Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events. Larry Reed, the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education, and Jim McTagg former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of Father Leader and its sequel, uh, Shake the Money Tree. I hope you have a great day on the Paradise Coast and a great weekend as well, wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of some previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.